All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird and Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. Welcome to Invest Wisely with Walt Secura of the AKW Group here in Akron. He's the managing partner over there. He's going to talk in the next half hour about how they invest their clients' money into individually owned stocks in custom-designed portfolios designed just for them so you can figure out what's going on with your market or any questions about the market, give us a call this half hour, 330-673-1234 or outside of Akron, 800-669-4100. Well, the market's been going strong. Last week, a bit of a, of a slowdown as I guess investors are kind of catching their breath, but uh, still uh, not anything that uh, would be of a great concern unless, of course, once again, people are worried about inflation. Right, Bob. I, I think, you know, it's a mixed week overall. Um, but again, it, it's a stock market. It's going to go up and down, and there's going to be volatility at times, and this should be expected. Um, you know, last week we got some economic data, which really the, the market digested pretty well. Um, you know, we got some inflation readings, retail sales, a little bit more on jobs, and we also saw interest rates bounce up a little bit. Uh, you know, and again, we, we got a lot of earnings reports last week, a lot of companies that, you know, we continue to get a deeper view into, you know, how corporate America is responding to this, you know, new economy and where we're at. And, you know, we're definitely seeing some layoffs, companies being a little bit more prudent in the decisions that they're making, you know, trying to keep an eye on that profitability. Um, so, again, if we look at the week, the Dow Jones Industrial Average uh, was off 43 points. We closed at 38,000. 627 for the week that was a negative 0.1% move to the downside. But year to date, the, S- the uh, Dow Jones Industrial is up 2.5% for the year. The S&P 500 index, the broader index, is off 21 points. Uh, we closed over 5,000, 5,005.57. Uh, it was off 0.4% for the week. But year to date, again, we're up 4.9% on that S&P, still in the positive category. Uh, the NASDAQ had a little bit more volatility, off 215 for the week. Uh, it was off 1.3% year-to-date. We're still up 5.1% on the NASDAQ. And the Russell 2000, uh, we actually saw a little bit of recovery last week, up, up 1.1%. Again, that's the measure of those small mid-cap stocks. And year-to-date, we're in positive territory with the Russell 2000 at 0.3%. So overall, you know, good news, a good start to 2024. Uh, a lot of challenges ahead of us, and again, we're going to have to, you know, really pay attention and, and be good investors, I think, to get through 2024. Now, of course, we talked about Treasury yields that uh, jumped up a bit on those hot inflation reports, and also crude oil prices ran up to three-month highs. But but again, we're early in 2024, and we've got a good, good run to now, and it wasn't exactly uh, hitting a brick wall. But a lot of folks are concerned about the concentration of wealth in the market, those mega-cap stocks. 
especially some of those tech stops, are getting pretty big. There are six stocks right now with greater than trillion-dollar valuations. Now, again, I guess that's good if you're that particular company, but, uh, you know, when it gets to a certain point, gonna, the bubble's going to burst, and suddenly the dam will come out, and uh, they'll deflate like a, like a balloon? <laughs> well, these are always great talking points, and, and again, they're headline catchers when you talk about you know, the size of some of these companies, you know, Microsoft has a $3.1 trillion valuation now, Apple $2.9 trillion, NVIDIA within a few years has jumped up to $1.8 trillion. Of course, uh, Amazon's $1.8 trillion, uh, Google or Alphabet $1.9 trillion, and Facebook has had an amazing recovery in a short period of time up to $1.2 trillion. But these companies are, are so important uh, to our country and to the world, Bob, and you know, it's not like the old tech stocks back in the 2000s where a lot of them were ideas and, you know, trying to find profitability. I mean, just looking at these companies combined, um, you know, have $1.8 trillion in revenue, uh, almost $345 billion of profit. If, if you think about that and you break it down into maybe numbers we can understand, you know, they're generating about $3,265,000 of revenue per minute and about $38,000 of profit per minute. So, you know, that's that's pretty impressive financial power. They employ over a, a million people, a million and the amount of money that they spend on R&D is just fascinating. I mean, you know, a lot of these companies, Microsoft, 12.8% of their revenue into R&D, uh, NVIDIA, 27% of their money going into R&D, which means they're, they're putting money back into the company and innovating, future products and services and the development of, of new technologies that we can't even imagine yet. So, again, these five companies, almost $300 billion, deep pockets, the ability to invest and continue to grow. So, so and then, you know, you got to step back and say, you know, yeah, these companies represent a big part of the market and their stock prices would push the higher valuations. But, Bob, in a lot of ways, they're justified. And, the future sort of seems like it's in their favor. You know, where, where there's money, there's typically, you know, wins in the future. And, again, we'll continue to be holders of a lot of these companies in our core equity portfolio. And, again, if you have any questions for our expert, Walt Secure, you can call them right now at 330-673-1234 or listening online at WNR.com, 800-669-4100. So let's take a look at the trends and insights of the past week as Walt does all that research all week long and sees many things that might be of interest to not only us in general but also to the potential investor in various and sundry businesses. Valentine's Day came this week and investors showed a little love for dating app stocks. Tinder app owner Match Group posted a 2.5% gain on Wednesday. That the volume was about 33% above average. And Bumble out of Austin tacked on about 28 so, uh, again, dating apps and the like, uh, uh, those seem to be pretty cyclical. Yeah, they really are, Bob. And, again, they had the height of their growth, I think, during the pandemic when a lot of people, you know, were dating online and, uh, you know, trying to find human connection. But, you know, there's still a lot of, of a need for connection out there, and these, da- these apps do uh, provide a purpose. Um, still says about 40% of all relationships in the United States have started through uh, online, you know, dating. Uh, but again, the trends are definitely been down. The profitability has definitely been down. We have not been owners of these companies, but you know, as we as we passed Love Day last week, you know, Valentine's Day, there probably still are a lot of people making those connections through apps. 
And again, if you look at some of the other things that are happening in the world of money, uh, people are going to buy a new car. We're getting some real, real sticker shock. According to this, the jump in car premiums in January from a year earlier was over 20%. It is five times the increase in January of 2022. How come cars are suddenly so expensive? Bob, I think, you know, the, the demand's there, and, you know, the car companies showed some profitability. I, I think the pricing is definitely something that consumers are, you know, getting used to, these higher sticker prices, the financing of cars for longer periods of time, a higher payment towards cars. We, we've kind of conditioned consumers to think a little bit differently, and I think the car companies are trying to, you know, take advantage of that and obviously, you know, create some profitability around that. Now, whether it sticks, you know, whether we... Uh, Start seeing cars building back up on the lots. You, you get back to you know maybe discounts and favorable financing plans and all the you know things that sometimes dealers have to do to move that inventory. But as we start this year, we, we see pretty high prices on cars out there. And again, that's uh, something consumers are are dealing with, in spite of the fact that car sales are are increasing. Uh, well, they got a really took a hit during the pandemic, uh, and as uh, people are keeping their cars longer and longer these days, they eventually do wear out, and there's going to be replacements out there. So, uh, it's still a pretty staple industry in our in our country. Now, quite interesting enough, uh, everybody likes their hot chocolate this morning, especially on a bitter cold day like this. Well, cocoa prices are at an all time high. Now, get this: a ton of Cocoa is five thousand eight hundred eighty-eight dollars. That's a lot of a lot of Hershey bars in that one, huh? It really is. And I mean, Bob, again, we've seen some of these commodity prices, you know, really take off. And uh, you know, we talked about olive oil and now cocoa prices. Um, you know, there's a demand out there, and again, uh, a lot of commodities are, are getting premium prices and prices we've never seen in the market before. So. The price of chocolate, the, you know, the price of a lot of the, you know, we're, we're talking if cocoa is used in a lot of, uh, uh, you know, foods out there, we're definitely going to see higher prices across the board. Again, consumers continue to battle these higher prices. Once again, we're talking about the stocks and the stock market. Our expert is Walt Sukira of the AKW Group here in Akron. Time now to talk about specific stocks in Stock Talk and your chance to give us a call at 330-673-1234 and to talk to us about any stock that interests you, whether you want to buy it, sell it, hold on to it, kind of curious about it. Walt can give you his expert advice at 330-673-1234. Lines are open. So call right now to be on the air on Stock Talk with Walt Sukira of the AKW Group. So, Arist Networks, A-N-E-T, that's a holding in your small mid-cap portfolio strategy. They reported their earnings last week. Now, how do those financial results look, and are you still bullish on Arista Networks? We are, Bob. This is a stock we really like. Of course, they provide cloud networking software, uh, hardware for, you know, the Internet cloud and, and next-gen data centers. Uh, this company has been on a real nice move. I mean, it was the last four quarters. Really impressive revenue growth, really imp- impressive profit growth. For this quarter, they were up 21% in revenue, uh, $1.5 billion over $1.2 billion the three months prior last year. Uh, 21% gain there and a 48% profit gain. So Arista Networks is one that we like. Um, again, it's been a, a holding in that small mid-cap portfolio, and we expect it to be there uh, you know, as we move forward. Now, Cisco Systems, another computer networking stock, they make switches, routers, other kind of good gimmicks like that. And they reported their financial results, and their earnings dipped 1%. Revenue was down about 6%, still at $12.8 billion. 
Both are modestly beating their forecast, but uh, Cisco also guided lower for the third fiscal quarter. They plan to cut 5% of their workforce, about 4,200 jobs. So in a long slide, they kind of fell modestly. Does that mean that Cisco Systems is not doing something right? Well, Cisco Systems is just uh, slowed down. You know, they had a couple good recovery quarters. This quarter showed a little bit of weakness. Again, Bob, this is kind of an old-school tech company. You know, they make switches and routers and uh, networking, communication hardware for for businesses and and even home applications. But uh, this company, you know, it's a little bit cyclical. I mean, good good quarters, bad quarters, coming off of a bad quarter. Um, And, again, the layoffs are are something, the data point that we got to watch, um, a lot of these tech companies did a lot of hiring, and now they're kind of right-sizing their uh, labor forces, and we're seeing that with Cisco. We, we wouldn't be a buyer of Cisco at the current moment, but again, it's a fact that we definitely follow. Now, Shopify reported their fourth quarter earnings. They adjusted EPS, soared over 386%, with some $0.34, cents, revenue of 24% to $2.1 billion. Gross merchandise volume of 23% to $75.1 billion, all beating the expectations with the uh, software e-commerce giant. Their outlook for the uh, new year and their operating margins have disappointed the uh, stockholders. So the shop stock plunged on the results, but uh, I guess came back a bit later on. But this guy, again, another indication of how stock prices sometimes aren't really connected to uh, what the company's actually uh, making or doing. Yeah, you know, in in the short run, you know, Bob, stock prices are, it's like a voting machine, you know, it's just people cast their votes, how they're feeling, you know, based on their emotions. But, uh, you know, in the long run, you know, I think stock prices reflect the weight of the company, you know, the true economic value of the company, which comes down to revenues and profits and value propositions and, you know, growth and, you know, how you treat employees, how you, how you operate within, you know, the world. So, again, I, a lot of these companies in the short run, you know, they trade around, but I, I'm not sure they always reflect, um, you know, what their true value is. So, again, you always have to do a little bit more homework and think a little bit longer term when you're buying a stock. Now, ride-sharing stocks like Lyft and Uber had positive results and outlooks this past week. Lyft, again, stock jumped 37% to $17.91 in its fourth quarter report. Uber announced a $7 billion share repurchase plan, its first buyback, along with a very bullish three-year projection. Their stock advanced about 10.5% to some $78.41 on these good results. So the question I would have is, why why is Lyft so much uh, less expensive than Uber? Does that reflect something about the companies? Uh, Size, Bob. I mean, you know, it's just just the size of the company. Uber is a much bigger company at this point, but... uh, both of these companies are turning the corner, and it's good to see. Um, you know, again, Lyft is reaching that profitability and pushing forward, and it's good to see Uber with the buybacks. Um, you know, these companies have been talked about a lot by analysts. But again, maybe a little bit of that promise is starting to show in the results, and uh, we don't own either one of them at this point, but we're definitely watching both of them here. And let's see, Airbnb revenue rose 17% to $2.22 billion, again beating expectations. A one-time tax settlement drew over an adjusted loss, but it expects its booking growth rate to moderate now. Their CEO, Brian Chesky, said Airbnb is at an inflection point, and they're going to invest in artificially intelligence-powered tools to keep their company competitive. Overall, Airbnb stock rose for the week to $150.51 a share. Now, do you currently own any Airbnb? 
we have a few holdings, Bob, in, in certain accounts, you know, certain investors that, you know, were interested in the stock. Um, it hasn't been a part of our core strategy, but we, we do have it in sort of our managed accounts. Um, you know, and again, it's been a, it's been had a nice recovery. You know, it's uh, put up a couple quarters in a row that are nice. This last quarter, as you said, you know, was strong. Um, and again, I think the company is well managed. I think they're they're battling through some challenges. You know, still coming out of the COVID uh, time frame, and as people kind of reset travel expectations, and you know, competitions coming back in from like we talk about cruise lines and other options that people have to spend those discretionary dollars as they travel, but. Uh, Airbnb has a lot of unique properties. They have a great opportunity, and again, they continue to execute at a pretty high level. So, uh, not a stock that we you know we hold broadly, but uh, is one that we follow pretty closely. We talked earlier about Super Microcomputer, one of your small mid-cap portfolio stocks. As we mentioned, uh, the stock started in January is about two hundred eighty dollars a share. Last week, it hit over a thousand dollars a share and finally closed down two hundred to about eight hundred dollars a share. Still a pretty hefty increase for the beginning of the year. So you have the stock, and it's going so well. You know, it's like a. Uh, do you hold on to it and hope it does better, or do you say, "Wow, history is not going to repeat itself. Let's take some money out of it right now and move on to something else." Yeah, Bob. As stocks shoot up. You know, we definitely have those conversations. You know, every day. Do, do we? You know, do we sell some here? Do we sell stock completely? Do we continue to hold? Um, what we've seen with this stock is really, like we said, a, a search for information. You know, a lot of analysts didn't follow the stock. Um, you know, we, we had some good insights as we bought into it, and then we see a lot of analysts rushing into it. Last week, a Wells Fargo analyst, Aaron Rakers, jumped in, wrote a good piece, and, you know, really put a $960 price target on the stock to support kind of where it's at. Um, you know, you have a range. You know, you have 14 analysts following the stock now. Somebody, you know, the low end of that range is a $250 price target. The higher of the range is a $1,040 price target. So what it tells me is nobody really knows. You know, everybody's kind of guessing here. Um, we we like where this company operates. We like the business model. We like the financial power. Uh, we like the partners that it works with. We like the markets that it saw, serves. And, you know, again, we, we like the company. So, again, we're thinking three to five years out, not three to five days out, three to five weeks out. We're thinking three to five years out. And, and we continue to like the stock. And as I told Ken earlier, uh, with the stock dropping the way it did last week, it's a big drop in any week. It definitely pops your eyes out a little bit, but we feel very confident in the stock right now, and again, we'll continue to be a holder at this current moment. We're going to watch it closely, keep doing our homework, but again, we uh, we are a buyer here, and it's, it's in our small mid-cap portfolio as one position. Keep in mind, when we talk about these stocks, we're not saying run out and put your whole portfolio in. You know, this, These represent sometimes 3 5 you know, 8% of a portfolio, um, you know, they're, they're positioned appropriately for the risk. And again, this is in our small mid cap portfolio, which is a, a higher risk portfolio anyway. So you, you got to listen to each of these things we talk about and understand. You got to do your own homework, do your own risk assessment, talk to a financial professional before you just rush into a stock. So we have another call on WNIR for Walt Secura. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Hi. Good morning. Um, I'd like to ask you, Walt, about good morning. Good, good. Thank you. I'd like to ask you, Walt, about two stocks, please. Uh, Okta and Abercrombie and Fitch. Okay, what's the first one, Okta? Yes, uh, O K T A. O K P A, huh? Okay. T A. No, no. 
Yeah, not one that I'm familiar with. I have to do a little bit of homework there before I make comments. So maybe I can circle back that one, you know, next week and talk about it. Um, Abercrombie and Fitch is one we are familiar with. Of course, this is a teen retailer. Um, they've they've actually had some really nice results. The last two quarters have been super strong. I mean, last quarter was up twenty percent revenue. The quarter before up sixteen percent. Um, good recovery, you know. I, I think as people are getting back out into the world and you know, having to, you know, kind of dress appropriately and, you know, starting to worry about their appearance a little more. We went through that COVID period where a lot of people could hide in their home. Um, but again, we're starting to see it. Um, college campuses, you know, have, have people back on them and high schools are, you know, have students back in them. And, and those are trends that bode well for Abercrombie and Fitch. So a uh, good retailer, again, they own the Hollister brand and, um, you know, it's an aspirational brand. So younger people want to get into these clothes, you know, it makes them feel, uh, you know, better about their appearance and so forth. So it's a, it's a retailer that we've always, uh, you know, liked. Uh, we don't own it currently, but it, it is definitely a nice little retailer. Okay. All right. Thank you. And thanks for calling here at W1Hour, talking to Walt Sakira, the managing partner of Akron's AKW Group. Uh, uh, Walt, something we haven't talked about really in quite some time. You know, you are you know, a health wealth advisor, uh, financial advising a group of uh, folks there in Akron. Why, why should somebody hire a financial advisor or financial advising group or firm to help them with their investments. You know, what, what is the, the, the uh, reasons you could say someone should come to you and have it done by, by a group of professionals? Well, that's a great question. I mean, I think uh, a lot of people that listen to this show are probably are do it themselves. You know, there's a lot of people out there that uh, just because of the topics and talking about stocks and so forth, but there are points in time where bringing a financial professional one makes sense. Um, uh, you know, I think if you have a big life event, you know, things change, you get towards retirement, um, you can't afford to make mistakes, you need a second set of eyes on on the money, uh, somebody to bounce ideas off of. Guess, again, you got to find somebody you trust and believe can add some value to the equation. Um, if your financial situation becomes more complex, I think as people continue to age, um, you know, they realize that, you know, they have to have uh, a partner and somebody to help them maybe through some difficult moments with their health or their family. Um, you know, sometimes you have a, a you know key a decision maker out there, but the spouse has no interest or doesn't have the ability to continue uh, the program. You're thinking about your kids and your grandkids that uh, you want to create a legacy. So there's lots of reasons to bring in a financial advisor into the equation. Um, I, I always make the, you know, the, <laughs> the analogy, Bob, you know, when I was in my best shape, I had a personal trainer. Um, if I want to get in my best shape, I need to go hire a personal trainer. You know, I know how to eat, right? I know how to go to the gym. But the motivation of somebody waiting for you there, the motivation of somebody challenging you, pushing you, um, you know, helping you, maybe making some of the decisions for you, and we're not going to do that today, we're going to do this today. Here's what, you know, here's a better diet than the one you're eating. I mean, it just gets you better results. And I think it's true with financial performance as well. I mean, a lot of people can do it on their own. But, again, there's points in time where having a professional can help. Um, uh, you know, golf coach the same way. You know, I mean, I was a golfer for years. And when I played my best golf, I, I had a coach. I had somebody helping me, you know, kind of find those small mistakes I was making, make a little better, you know, swing and, and improve my golf game tremendously for a number of years. So, I, I think professionals help, and, you know, again, we, we provide a lot of help to a lot of people. Uh, we're happy to talk to anybody that's looking for a financial advisor. And you can call Walt in the AKW Group here in Akron at 
4667476. They're in the, in the, in the Fairlawn, uh, on the Embassy Park, where they're 234-466-7476 with the AKW Group. Okay, we're in the middle of February. What's going to be happening next week? Bob, we got a lot of data coming in. Again, still some earnings reports to pay attention to. And NVIDIA is the big one on Wednesday. And we'll be back with you next, uh, next Monday. Again, here in WNR Kent Akron, I'm Mr. Sunday, Bob Lewis. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Airbnb Inc., symbol ABNB. Apple Inc., symbol AAPL. Amazon.com, symbol AMZN. American Superconductor Corporation, symbol AMSC. Abercrombie & Fitch, symbol ANF. Arista Network, symbol ANET. Bumble Inc., symbol BMBL. Cisco Systems Inc., symbol CSCO. Lyft Inc., symbol LF. L-Y-F-T, Match Group Inc., symbol M-T-C-H, Meta Platforms Inc., symbol M-E-T-A, Microsoft Corporation, symbol M-S-F-T, Mondelez International Inc., symbol M-D-L-Z, NVIDIA Corporation, symbol N-V-D-A, Okada Inc., symbol O-K-T-A, Shopify Inc., symbol S-H-O-P, Supermicro Computer, symbol S-M-C-I, Uber Technologies, symbol U-B-E-R, Walmart, Inc., symbol WMT, and Whirlpool Corporation, symbol WHR. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company makes a market in all of the companies discussed during today's broadcast.